I'm Carlo, Carlo Pietro Sanfilippo, and this is my podcast. With this project, I want to explore the means, methods, tools, and examples of living on purpose, living the life we want, doing the things that light us up, things that make us feel like we're alive, growing, making a difference, and enjoying the process along the way. Welcome to It's the Journey. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to It's the Journey. May or may not have had too much caffeine this morning, but I'll do my best to speak slowly and clearly enough for you all to understand me. But I'm really excited. I'm leaving in not that many hours for the uh, journey I talked about last time. I'm heading out here pretty soon to do this pilgrimage. I'm going to be hiking across the island of Sicily, something I've been wanting to do. Not this specifically, but I've always dreamed of of a journey and a, and and just a, this adventure of walking and heading out in one direction and not turning back. Uh, as a kid, I used to think about that. I think about the settlers, and I think about people, you know, books that I read who of people who went across long distances and 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 with backpacks or these fur traders in the mountains or mountain men or explorers or all those different, even, even fantasy kind of books like Lord of the Rings. And I posted about that this weekend and it got me thinking about, you know, I'm not a financial planner anymore. And I was, I I made this video of myself packing and I've got this, this ritual I've developed. I really developed it when my sons were in scouts and we would head out on these backpacking trips or float trips and I, I knew I had, I, especially on a float trip, a float trip is like a backpacking trip in a boat. <laughs> you know, it's not like car camping where you can just load the car with everything you think you might need and you always bring way too much. But if you're backpacking or going on a canoe or something like that, you only can, you'll only have what you brought with you once you get away from, you know, wherever your, your, your departure point is. And so I developed this ritual of like laying out all my stuff on my bed. Even when I just take a regular trip, I lay out my clothes and my, you know, your, all the tech things that we have to bring now, your batteries and cords and cables and, and, uh, keyboards and all the other stuff and, and, and rain gear and looking at the weather where I'm going to be and making sure I've got enough of the right things. You know, of course, when you're in cities, you can always buy things, but I don't want to waste time buying something dumb if I don't have to, or having to overspend on something that I I have at home and then you've got two of them. So I do my best to pack efficiently so I'm not bringing too much and then that I bring the things I need. And as I was watching this video, I posted on, on all the various social media places, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok. It got me thinking how much a part of my personality that planning is and how, however I ended up becoming a financial planner, that that I got to use my time in my career to further develop and enhance things that I naturally was good at and naturally liked to do. 
And in hindsight, that made doing something that wasn't my dream. It made it rewarding. It made it fun. It made it uh, give me a sense of personal satisfaction. It gave me a sense of personal development and allowed me to do something that helped, again, grow a part of me that was already there to, to enhance and build on my natural skill set and give me a sense of personal satisfaction that the things I was doing, the, the, the reason or the, 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 the thing I was selling my life for, for money was, was benefiting me as well. And I just was thinking about that, how, how, how that happened, you know, I, uh, and this is, I'll, I'll bring this, I'll bring this back to why it's relevant for you at the end. So, you know, in, in high school, I started working at this, this job at a tree nursery and it was just my first, the first person that hired me, uh, first company that hired me as a, you know, part-time entry-level minimum wage job. And it was during that job that I looked at and watched the business owner and their life and their kids that worked there and the, the mom and the dad worked and the, all the all three of the, the family's kids worked there and, and the employees, we all felt like a family and a team. And I watched the business owner kind of come and go and just check in on things. And, and I, I, I got the idea at that point that I wanted to own my own business. You know, before I had a quote real job, I, I had, you know, odd jobs. I had a, sort of like a little grass cutting job and I did snow shoveled driveways and did miscellaneous uh, odd jobs for people. And I really, you know, in hindsight, I earned more money per hour doing those things than I did until I got my first real job. I'd, I'd make, you know, 15, 20 bucks for cutting a lawn and I was getting paid three bucks and 35 cents an hour to do harder work and pay <laughs> and I had to pay taxes. So uh, that was dumb, but that's what uh, I was pushed to, you know, my parents wanted me to, you have to go get a real job now, which, which in hindsight was dumb, but <laughs> it gave me other experiences. So it, it, it was in that, that, those, that job and then the one after that in college where I worked at a machine shop that it really solidified that I want to own a business. So at 17, 18, 19 years old, that was the clearest, the clearest vision I had of what I wanted to do is to own a business in some way so I could be my own boss and, and have more control over my time and my future and my destiny. So fast forward to you know, my last year of college and I finally get an internship that would give me, it was really a part-time job, but uh, at a, at a financial planning company that would finally give me some experience that I could put on a resume that I wasn't like sweeping floors and driving a delivery truck. Nothing wrong with that, but I was trying to get into finance or, or something like that. And I wasn't learning skills that would directly, I wasn't directly learning skills uh, that would um, help me the ultimate job I wanted, but I want to backtrack on that for a second because uh, my I did I've and, and again in hindsight I look at my time in that at that job as a as a, as a tree nursery and my job uh, at the machine shop where my official title was the broom, and my job was I swept and I cleaned and I wiped off filthy machines and I delivered things to some of the most dangerous parts of. St. Louis, East St. Louis, all over the place where these these foundries and machine shops and factories are, that's where I had to go where there were, you know, sometimes it was just, you know, 
the cities, I mean, this, it was really an eye opener of how, how, how decayed our, our cities are. But it was during that time, I could have just used that time as like, okay, I'm only a broom. I'm only a driver. I'm only this, you know, the doing the, the grunt work. I was the lowest person on the totem pole the whole time I was there. Um, but I was watching my bosses. I was watching, you know, in both cases, you know, or, whether they were ordering trees or bringing in steel and aircraft aluminum and then had people and processes to to take the plants and put them in rows and, and how do you take care of these plants and make sure that the inventory stays alive and looks great so that people come and buy it or taking this this raw chunks of material and a blueprint and turning them into um, this, this machine shop I work for made parts and pieces for F-15 fighter planes. And I, I, during the course of some of my shifts, I'd see someone take just a hunk of steel, not steel, but, uh, it was air aircraft aluminum, this really expensive aluminum that was, is for airplanes and turn it into parts for the, these these other machines and watched my boss who, you know, was, you know, had, you know, had to order material and make sure that he, he ordered the right amount of material and the right type, and then made sure that the machines were working properly and had all the right kinds of machines. And then sometimes there were part, there were, sometimes there were steps in the process where he had to ship the parts off to some other factory where they would do something called powder coating, or they would, bend them or do something that he didn't have the capacity to do or didn't have the right machinery to do very specialized things that that took this part for some other thing and made it into a useful piece of some other complicated machine and i I was learning then, okay, how do businesses operate and watch him manage people watched all the big people all the parts and pieces of a business. And so that's the advice I gave to my, uh, my, one of my sons recently who started working in a restaurant and he's studying business. And I said, you know, you're working in the kitchen and you're making salads and you're making pizzas and you're um, doing dishes, but you, th the things you'll learn there might end up being more valuable for your business education than what you're going to learn in your classroom. I said, when you're, when you're, when you're being trained and you're watching how they manage you and how they teach you and how they do inventory and how they make sure there's not waste and how they handle customers and staff and scheduling. Observe all that. And all that is far more valuable in terms of what you're getting from that time there than what they're paying you for your hourly wages. And I think without I don't know why. I don't know why I figured this out. I, I think I was just so desperate to, to, to not have to worry about money. You know, I grew up with a divorced mom, and money was always this concern. You know, sitting at the kitchen table on, on uh, after the Saturday paper came out. The Saturday paper was always back when people got real newspapers, but the Saturday paper was ginormous and it was full of all the coupons. And she'd go through all those coupons and organize them out by store and then get out her recipe book and then check her inventory in the freezer and the cabinets and see what ingredients she already had and, and match that up against what was what was 
on sale and then say, okay, this, this gives me enough ingredients to make this, this beef stew. And this gives me enough ingredients to make this. And, and that would be our, our, uh, meals would be determined by what, what the best deal she could get on things would, would be. So I'd watch her do this and realize, you know, how, how stressful, how many, you know, how many hours she worked every week and how much, how everything we had, we had to take care of. And if it was broken, we fixed it. If, if, our, if our pants were torn, she'd patched them. You didn't just go buy new stuff. You, you took care of what you had. And if it broke, you fixed it. So I was determined to figure out this money thing that was causing my mom, that was causing my mom so much stress and anxiety. So that was, that was a driver for me and having my own business to be my own boss was another driver. And so I think just because I didn't articulate this vision that I just explained to my kids, um, to my son, I didn't think about that intentionally, but that's what I was doing. And then I took that same mindset when I went to go work at uh, this financial planning company. All of a sudden, you know, I, my, in my first job there, I was the receptionist. I answered the phone. I took messages. I I took inventory of office supplies. I washed my. I took my uh, boss's car to get washed. I picked up lunch. All all the things that needed to be done, I did. I was the lowest person on the totem pole again. Um, I I uh, <laughs> there was no lower employee than me, but I was so excited about the things I was learning to do. Again, watching these people like go out and find clients and clients would come in and see them. And I knew somehow they were helping them about money. And then uh, eventually I started to learn how to, I, they started, they started teaching me to, um, to, to take inventory of, <laughs> this was pre, pre internet. And so all your forms you had to have were all in paper format. Every application, every prospectus, everything you needed had to be filled out by paper with paper and pen. And so we had drawers and drawers and drawers full of all these applications. And boy, if you know, if they were out of date, they weren't any good. So you might, you know, if someone filled out an application for an insurance policy or whatever, and it was it was an old form, they'd have to do it over again. So I started taking inventory of those kind of things. And then I started learning about investments and I learned about investment companies and mutual funds. And again, I was making six bucks an hour or whatever at this time. And I was just so excited. I was learning more about investments and finance and more about you know this building businesses. I was learning more about all those things in this part-time job than I was in school that I was paying for. And so then the rest of my career, you know, then eventually I started a career as a financial planner. And so this thing I was talking about at the very beginning about laying out my clothes and organizing whatever I, I had, in it, I had unknowingly been trying to plan my own life and how do I, how do I build a business and how do I develop the skill set so that I can, so I can start this career and, and how do I learn about money so that when I get money, I know what to do with it. And I know how much to save and where to invest it and how to invest it. And I was learn I was getting paid to learn all these things. And then as I began building my career, then I was fortunate that the 
target market that this company said we were supposed to work with were owners of closely held businesses. So then lucky enough, I get to go you know, make cold calls and try to get referrals to owners of closely held businesses, people that were doing the very thing that I was trying to do and successful at it. People that were 50, 60, 70 years old or older that had been doing it for generations. And sometimes it was multi-generation businesses. I suddenly was getting paid to help them. And guess what? They started teaching me. They started, I, I learned as much or more from them as, 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 I was able to help them. I helped them. I did my very best and I did all the things that we were supposed to do in terms of helping them with the various aspects of financial planning. But every one of those people, I learned things I did want to do in my life and didn't want to do in my life and people that, you know, put their put their career before their family or their career before their health and I I learned something good or something I wanted to do differently from each example and each little mini biography I got to work with. So what, what, what's the point of all this? <laughs> the, you know, in hindsight, now that I'm done with this career and I'm looking back and like, if, if, if you, wherever you are, if you look at what you're doing and look at how, how does how does what you're doing complement your natural skills and abilities in life? Or how might it? What is it, what is it you do at work or for your career or your business that when you do, you really are good at and you really like or you really get enjoyment from or maybe it's easy for you and not other people? What part of your work is fun or rewarding that matches up or aligns with things you do in your free time or things that you do for yourself. Um, what what part of what you do match, matches up with your your passions and things you're excited about, um, or 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 even look at. I mean, this is always such a good thing. If if suddenly, you know someone handed you whatever the number is for you, a million, three million, whatever it is. So enough money that you didn't have to do that career anymore. Think about how you'd spend your time in your life. Not, not the initial things. Oh, I'd get a house or I'd do this or whatever it might be. Setting, setting those things a time. Really, in this, this won't be easy. This will take some work. Really think about, okay, you've got your, you've got your, your, the lower rungs of the Maslow's hierarchy met. You've got your safety and security needs met. You know, you've got your house, you've got your food, you've got the things you want to do in life. How would you really spend your time? What kind of things would you do? What kind of things would you pursue? How, what, what, what kind of things, if you could do anything you wanted to do, would you spend, how would you spend your time and what would you maybe like learn more about? And so then look at the, try to see if there's any overlap with how you would spend your time if you could do anything. How does that line up with your career? If it doesn't line up at all, then, then that could be a big clue for maybe you need to f figure out a way to find a different career. Because if, if you're not getting any enjoyment or any sense of personal growth or satisfaction from what you do, then you're in danger of really wasting your life. And, and I know it's like, until you have enough money to, to leave that, we have to do something. You have to sell our lives and sell our time in some way. So all I'm saying is think about how you can use your career for your own 
personal development, your own personal growth, your own personal satisfaction versus having to spend your life for career development. That that will empower you. It will get you excited and feel like you're getting something, not, not feel like it, know that you're getting more from whatever you're doing than, than the, the money. You're growing as a human being. You're contributing to the world. You're contributing to society. You're, you're making your time here worth it in some way. You're, it'll make you a better person. It'll make you a better parent. It'll make you a better friend, a better partner, a better spouse. If you can change that mindset and look at like, what, and again, like if you're doing something you absolutely know you're not going to want to do forever. Like when I first started and I was, I was working at a machine shop, I was working at a tree nursery. And when I was working at the front desk at this, you know, this, uh, financial planning company, almost everything I did at that point, you know, answering, answering messages and taking messages that's obsolete now because of voicemail. There's, there's you know, a lot of places don't even have receptionists anymore. So if you're in that position, you're doing something, you're like, this is absolutely not what I want to do. Well, what can you learn on your job that will help you get where you need to be? I used to, when I found out that there were classes happening where the financial planners, uh, sometimes before work would start, these, they call them wholesalers, would come in from investment companies, you know, from... American funds and fidelity, and they would do like a seminar and teach you about some investment thing, you know, to, to, to give us a, an economic update. I asked the manager because I knew at that point, I'm like, okay, I, all right, I want to start a business. And I think being a financial planner would be good because I don't have to have all this capital to, to like open a, re- a restaurant or something like that. All I had to do is learn the skills and go out and find clients. So at 21, 22, I, I figured that much out. I said, hey, can I come to work early and sit in on some of those? And she was like, sure, knock yourself out. And and can I sit in on them when they do lunch meetings? Sure, knock yourself out. So I started using my own time, my own lunch break. I would have lunch and sit there and listen to these investment experts talk. I would sit, I would come in early and listen to investment experts talk. And so look at your job and your career. And then my boss, when she found out, man, she found out I was excited about learning about all these things. She turned me on to these um, training seminars that she gave people that were 10, 15 years older than me, these uh, VHS tapes of Brian Tracy and this seminar that he had, uh, the success seminar that he had. It was, uh, I think it was like five or six, two hour VHS tapes. I watched those things over and over and over again and took notes about goal setting and the psychology of success and uh, positive affirmations. I, I was getting paid and I was getting paid for personal development and all that time and all that, all those things throughout my career helped me a achieve, achieve my personal goals, but helped me grow and are things that I'm still using today. And that really, (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> come come to come full circle. I saw that when I was watching myself in the video, I, this time-lapse video I did of myself uh, prepping my backpack, that, that I'm no longer a financial planner, but I have always been and always will be a planner. And that's my skill set. That's something I like to do. I, I, I like that element of games and thinking about strategy. I like it for my personal life. Um, so 
I just wanted to articulate that to say, because when I when I I've told some friends that story, I told the 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 advice I gave my kids about looking at your job as an opportunity to learn and grow, and then you can turn that time into something that's far more valuable than the income you're earning. So even if you don't like what you're doing. And again, that goes to kind of the opposite of grain of like, oh, I'm not appreciated. I'm not like, so I'm just going to quietly quit. That that's the, I think that's almost the opposite, you know, do your best and use that time to grow as a human being, to do what you ultimately want to do. Uh, and, 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 uh, and I think that's, I don't know. I think that's far more rewarding than just, um, than clocking out. So that's what I got. Uh, this is my last regular podcast from the States for a while. I think I've figured out how to podcast on the road. Uh, I'm going to use my, I'm going to use this, this anchor app that, that I talk about every, at the beginning of every episode. I figured out, I think I figured out my mic that I'm going to use and I won't be able to have any video. I don't really, I don't regularly post videos, but I do sometimes for, uh, just for some like promo stuff. But it'll all be with my with my uh, phone and this app. I won't have editing software like I have at home. I'm not going to bring a laptop, so the any of the gaps will be in there. Any of the us and message, so you'll have to you'll have to forgive me. It's going to be a little bit less polished than normal, but I'll do my best, and I will I will do some podcasting along the way. It's going to turn in a little bit more of a travel show, <laughs> and and but but also to kind of share some of the thoughts of the things that I'm, I'm thinking about and figuring out along the way. So you'll get a lot of visual stuff. If you follow me on social media, I'll, I'll post where I can on, uh, mostly Instagram and Facebook. Uh, some of this, I, I I'm not going to turn my LinkedIn into a travel show, but if there's things that I'm thinking about that I think are relevant for people in their careers and their personal lives, I will post that there as well. So that's what I got for today. Thank you so much for following me. Thank you so much for my listeners. Thank you so much for those who've got my book, Afterlife, Waking Up from My American Dream. I still am just so grateful every time someone comes to me and tells me, oh, I read your book or I gave my book to your to my to my nephew or my son or my my daughter, or I found your book on, you know, my my parents' bookcase and I read it. And because of that, I'm doing this or that, or it gave me hope or it gave me the belief that I could do this. And that's the reason I did all that. That's the reason I wrote it. I wanted to share, you know, I thought I was my own worst enemy for too many years. I held myself back for too many years. And I just want people to know that you can say yes to your dreams and build the life you want. So that's what I got. I hope you, uh, I hope this was helpful. I hope you have a wonderful week and that you enjoy your journey. Thank you so much. Thank you.